Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roshi. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help to support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specialises in training women with fertility problems. I myself suffer from PCOS and I've had two beautiful boys and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, light-hearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In today's episode, what to expect when you're not expecting, we will be discussing what happens when you realise that this having a baby thing may not be as easy as you were told it would be in your high school sex ed classes. By the end of the show, you will be fully prepared for your first GP appointment, knowing what to ask and what to expect. Roisin, you went to school in Ireland. Um, I'm going to assume the birds and the bees sex ed info was the same over there as we get here in England. Well, I don't know what you got in England, mm-hmm. but I know what we got in Ireland. Well, I went to Catholic school, actually, oh. so <laughs> that's a story for another day. So did I. <laughs> so I don't know who she was, this woman. She turned up for a half an hour session once a year. She ran to the board and she just drew a, like what I saw was a cow's head. And then she went, it's not a cow's head, <laughs> to, all, to all of our shock. This is a uterus. <laughs> you have one. I said, cool. Uh, good to know and then she went you can get pregnant at any moment for any reason oh. she said you can get pregnant when you're awake when you're asleep when you're having a burger so you can get pregnant when you're walking down the street only it was that easy Roshi you could get pregnant <laughs> if you look at a boy definitely get pregnant if you look at a boy mm-hmm. any point in the cycle apparently any, any point, point in any the cycle point, you can get pregnant and she did this for five years in a row <laughs> The false advertising of this one, it was, you know, it's a sin to have sex. Yeah, so therefore, absolutely. you know, that, that was being actively discouraged. But the one thing we all walked away with was a sure knowledge we could get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds similar. Not going to lie. <laughs> but, but the one thing we were very, very sure of is that the pregnancy was inevitability. It's going to happen. It was an inevitability. Whether you want it or not. Very little chat about the mechanics or... Um, I don't even the legislation or the protection <laughs> none of that but mm-hmm. the one thing we were very very clear on was that we could get pregnant and we could do it quickly quickly I think they're so worried that you will go out and get pregnant when you don't want to get pregnant obviously they are covering all bases but it just leads to this false information it's a big problem I think there's some value in girls being taught that this is what a regular cycle looks like yeah agreed and if you're not following this regular cycle don't freak out but just monitor it yeah that's what i say because i'm a teacher as well as we all know um and this is what i say i say look here's a regular cycle if it's not quite doing these things then uh, maybe nip along to your gp what should women expect when they're not expecting the first thing i would say is if you've been trying for a while nothing's happening if you've got irregular periods heavy periods loads of pain any of the things that typically are not normal then I would suggest, number one, go to the GP and be armed with the following information. Okay, so this is your first tick list, things that you need to know before going to the GP. Number one, how long have you been trying? 
So one of the first things they will want to know is how long have you been trying? If you are um, a young spring chicken, um, this will need to have been around a year, 12 months of trying. Okay, so that's number one. If you're older, I think it's 36 and up, depending on where you go, uh, six months is fine, but usually they will request a year. Thing number two for your GP, make sure you have your cycle information with you. There are so many tracking apps out there, which again, we can talk about, but just have your cycle information because they will ask you things like, when was your last period? So cycle information, so length of your cycle, when your last cycle was. If you're feeling like you have a lot of information, then you can even look at the different phases of your cycle. How long was the bit before ovulation? How long was the bit after? But basically cycle information. Is there any particular app that you use? I like the Flow app. I use Flow. And my sisters use Flow. Now, we are not sponsored by Flow, but it would be good. Flow, if you're listening, we're here. We use your app a lot. We do actually use the app a lot um, because it's quite intuitive to use. It really is. Um, they've also started doing a lot of infertility stuff as well. But yeah, for me, and this is, we hadn't planned this actually. I didn't know you also use Flow, but yeah, Flow seems to be a good one. If any of our listeners use other apps, um, please do let us know because we can definitely do a, an episode on this. For your own kind of mental health, have clear expectations of what you would like to gain from that meeting. I'm going to be clear here. They're not suddenly going to go, boom, let's start you on IVF. Okay, that's not going to happen. They're not going to dish out the fertility meds, but you want to leave that meeting achieving something to help you feel a little bit in control and to have that little bit of hope. You need to have clear expectations. I would suggest something like referral to a gynecologist because the GP in this case is not the specialist. So a referral to a gynae would be the type of thing you might be looking for there. As part of that conversation, if they say, OK, we're going to refer you to a gynae, ask them, how long is this likely to be? Yeah. Now, realistically, with COVID, this again, another thing to talk about, depending on your postcode, depending on the current COVID search, it could be a while. Um, and again, this is where private NHS comes in. But ask them how long that appointment is likely to take. Ask them how you will be notified as well. Is it going to be a letter? It probably will be. Um, and when should you expect that letter to come through? OK, so that means that you leave that GP appointment with a plan, a little bit of hope and a little bit of control over the situation. As a kind of um, be prepared thing here, especially for anyone who has suffered with anything like um, eating disorders in the past, they may ask to weigh you and calculate your BMI. They might not, it will depend on your GP and the situation, but just to be aware, they may ask to weigh you. They might want to calculate your BMI. Some of them might want to do a physical exam. Um, they might ask you about your sex life. They might ask you about contraception. They might ask you when you stopped using contraception. If you're in a heterosexual couple, they may ask you about your partner's lifestyle. Do they smoke? Do they drink? Do they cycle obsessively? You know, etc., etc. So just be prepared. It, it might feel like quite a personal appointment. So just be ready. Cycle obsessively? Oh, it's the testicles. You don't want you don't want hot testicles. But especially not men that are trying to have babies. So you... sorry, gents. Um, you need to not be spinning or cycling too much. Got to get those sperm in optimum health. And it's eight weeks before at least. So we can do um, male fertility at some point. Sure, and, I, of and I have a fantastic guest lined up for that. If you take nothing from this episode, <laughs> I want you to take away this. We do not like hot testicles. We do not like hot testicles. Not on this show. Nuh -uh. No one does, Ruchin. No one does. 
the wait time could be considerable. The wait time could be considerable. Like I said, there's a lot of variation here with your postcode and COVID is a real thing. Um, but yeah, on this journey, you have to get used to waiting. Everything is a waiting game. It's the two-week wait. It's the waiting for an appointment. But yes, uh, there's a lot of waiting. So you've been to the GP. Hopefully you've worked through the checklist and now you are waiting. Is there anything productive that you can do in that waiting time? Yes, definitely. It can be a really tough time on your mental health and also your physical health. So what I would strongly suggest is try and stay fit and healthy. You may not be surprised that I'm saying that, but that's a that's a real thing. Because for many reasons, if you do end up on the fertility treatment, if you end up on something like Clomid or Letrozole, if you end up going down the IVF route, we talked about this in our earlier episode, but BMI is really important. And as we all know, when we are stressed, when we're waiting, some of us may have the tendency to snack and to comfort eat. Absolutely. And there is a lot of waiting on this journey. Do keep fit and healthy. Get your steps up. Uh, I would suggest following a structured plan for lots of reasons that we discussed in episode two. But get fit and healthy. But I promise it's really important for your mental and your physical health um, because it can be a really difficult time. There's also a lot of good news stories and I've been speaking to some fertility doctors around this and sometimes just being on the waiting list for treatment. This is a real thing. People do then end up getting pregnant, which is amazing. And a lot of it is just to do with the lowering of the stress. You feel like you're in control. It doesn't happen to everybody, obviously, but sometimes. And there's a lot of stories out there of women who have started along this journey and then amazingly they do get pregnant. But if you are not one of those lucky ones, really staying fit and healthy, following a plan, and doing everything you can do to be in the best possible shape. So what happens from your first gynae appointment? You've done the waiting, you are ready, and the letter comes through the door. Now, again, the exact procedure here will vary from place to place, but based on uh, my experience and experience of a lot of my clients, you will go and see the gynecologist and... Also, heads up on this, they may be male. I know that I'm not being sexist here, but I think a lot of people naturally assume they're going to be a female. They're not. So a lot of the time there are um, male doctors involved. So again, I'm just saying that just to be prepared. So you will go. They There's a few different things that can happen here. They may ask you to have a lot of tests done before you get to that appointment. So depending on where you are, between the GP and the kind of gynae appointment, they may ask you to do a lot of tests. And... The idea is that that test information is then with the gynaecologist by the time you get to that appointment. They have all your data, you sit down and they say, boom, this is what we've got, this is the plan. Maria, where do you do those tests? Is it with your GP? If you are in the UK, because I know we have um, some fabulous listeners overseas in America and Canada, in the UK, um, this is done on the NHS, unless you've gone private, and it will probably be in your local hospital. And it can be a number of different things. So it can be, um, they might ask you to have a high cosy. A high cosy is where they test to see if your tubes are blocked. So we want the egg to be able to travel down the fallopian tube. If the fallopian tube is blocked, the egg won't be able to travel. So anything that comes after won't matter anyway. So you perhaps will have a high cosy. Now, as someone that has had a high cosy, and after speaking to many of my clients who have had high cosies, They tell you, you get a little letter in the post and uh, they say, might be uncomfortable. Maybe take some paracetamol before. I was vastly underprepared for the high cosy. Now, to be clear, it is okay. It's fine. I find it very uncomfortable. And I was a bit shocked. Let's just say that. So just be prepared. It's fine, but it is uncomfortable. Okay. So maybe I would strongly suggest the 
the, I think I think it's paracetamol they suggest. Read the letter, but it's paracetamol. I'm not giving medical advice. Yeah. So you might go for a high cosy, check the fallopian tubes um, are clear for the egg to travel down. And you may also encounter Wanda. Wanda is uh, the kind of, the friendly name for the internal examination that you may need. Um, and basically they get, it looks a bit like a giant probe, I'm not going to lie, and they just stick it up your JJ. And then they have a look around and make sure um, your ovaries and uterus and that type of thing are all doing what they're supposed to be doing. Sometimes you can't get the information from the kind of classic ultrasound, so they have to do an internal exam. And again, they may do this, they may not do this. I'm just trying to prepare people. And if you're on social media and you, you hear people saying, I've got my visit with Wanda today, that's what they're talking about. Right. Just to give you a heads up. It's fine. I actually find that less uncomfortable than the high cosy myself. Everybody's different. But yeah, you may get to meet Wanda. So once you've done these tests in the hospital, do they release the results to you or do they go straight to the gynecologist? Very good question. So officially, they're not allowed to tell you anything because they are not the official doctors. So quite often the people taking the blood, the people doing the scans, they are incredibly good at, at that part of their job, but they are not actually the, the diagnostic people. So officially, no, they will not tell you the results. The results then get sent to your doctor. I have had interactions in the past when they've been looking at my ovaries and, you know, they've been nice and they've kind of said, listen, from what I can see, um, there are cysts on there or, you know, whatever it is they tell you, but they can't give an official diagnosis. Depends on who you get. Some of them are super quiet, which is what they're supposed to be doing. You know, that's not a criticism. Some of them will give you a little wink or a little nod or, you know, that type of thing. Mm. But the results should go to your doctor. Um, again, hopefully they'll be sent as soon as possible, but... You know, the NHS is a machine and I'm sure everyone does their best in there and they work really hard. But sure. yeah, to to your doctor. And from your doctor back through to your gynae, you've got your appointment. Yep. Um, so you go to your appointment. Um, you may be there with your partner if you have one. You may be going solo. That's absolutely fine. You may have a partner, but you don't go with them for whatever reason. OK, hopefully they've got all your results. So hopefully at that point, they've had their wonder results. They've had the high cozy results. They may have had some blood tests. Again, it depends on you specifically at this point. Hopefully they will explain the results to you. And from there, put a plan into action. If they suspect you've got PCOS, again, I'm not a doctor here. This is not medical advice, but they might suggest a round of Clomid or Letrozole. If you have endometriosis, they might suggest further testing. They might suggest that you need to go away and do more tests to confirm the endometriosis. Endometriosis can then um, kind of have different stages. So it depends how um, kind of severe it was with the follow-up. They might eventually diagnose you with unexplained infertility, but that might take a little bit longer to come out. But hopefully from that appointment, you will have an action plan um, so that you feel a little bit in control of what's happening and a next stage will be put in place, whether that's the meds, whether it's further tests, but you need to leave that appointment with a plan. So whatever that plan is, whether it's go to the pharmacy and pick up your meds, whether it's you will hear from us in this number of weeks with this letter, you need to leave that appointment with a plan. Having a plan is so important, isn't it, for your mental health and for your resilience? I would say, again, trying to be active, trying to take control, you can still follow a fitness plan at this point because you may not have started any treatment. Getting yourself in the best possible shape um, so that when you do get pregnant, you will be in the best physical shape to support that pregnancy as you go through. But again, waiting, mental health may take a dive. So speak to your friends, have your community, have your people, wherever they may be. They might be in real life, 
might be on Instagram, you know, come and join me at Fitness Fertility. Find your tribe, I would say. What did you do? Chill out in that time. I can't imagine anything more frustrating than I've tried for a year. Now we're waiting for a gynae appointment that could be another six months. Yeah. Yeah. What helped you? She's got to say fitness, aren't I, you? I ran. You ran. <laughs> many, many miles. Many, many miles. miles. Many, many miles. Um, no, I ran because I'm a runner and I love running. Um, and it released the happy hormones. So it doesn't have to be running. The point is I did things that helped me to release the happy hormones that we joke, but seriously got me off Google. That, you know, that's a serious point. It got me off my phone. Um, I was outside, which I am such a firm believer in. Being outside is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it really, really, I know people say it all the time, but just go outside. It's I was going to say, I'm not a runner. I used to be, I've mm. hurt my knee, so it's not something I can do anymore. But, so I've just replaced it with walking. Mm. And just 20 minutes in the sunshine, again, as Maria said, away from the devices, mm. uh, listening to some fun stuff and good music, yeah. or just taking it in yep lowers that cortisol lowers all the stress hormones that are flying around your body and we absolutely appreciate this is this is really difficult staying in this state waiting waiting to be diagnosed with something is painful mm. and a lot of people say if they just knew that there would be the ending they wanted it would be okay They'd be like, do you know what? I know that this is going to work out, so it's okay. And that's what a lot of people say. And I felt exactly the same. But at this point, you have to remember, you don't know if this is going to work yet. So it's it's waiting, not actually knowing what's going to happen. It's feeling out of control. So th there's a lot going on here. Um, I mean, go to counselling, you know, if you can afford a therapist, if you can get to counselling. There are a lot of fertility uh, counsellors and fertility therapists out there as well. And I actually know some. So if anyone is interested, just drop me a line. It can be confidential. So if you can afford it, I know it's a luxury for a lot of people, but yeah, get your support. It's really tough because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. And we're here. Get and we're touch. here. Get in touch. Get yeah. in touch. No, I've got a lot of contacts now and I know a lot of amazing people. So if you do want any recommendations, then please, please do get in touch and I will happily pass you on their information. And as for the checklist, it's going to be on our show notes, also on your blog, isn't it, Maria? Also on my blog, which if you just go to uh, fitnessfertility.com, go to the blog section and it's literally in checklist form so if you are like me and you like to be prepared you could print it off and take it with you you know and to be honest i think that checklist will grow um as we hear from more listeners and and more people on instagram and that type of thing but yes it's there on the blog and in the show notes so please do feel free to print it off and have it with you if you need any additional information you can always email maria you can at info at fitnessfertility.com Maria what are we going to be talking about next week so next week very excited the next show is going to be called hitting the gym but not too hard this um, comes from so many clients and so many people that have reached out to me they go to the clinic like we've talked about today or they go to the end the gynae says you can work out but you can do moderate exercise and then obviously the question is, well, what on earth does that actually mean? So next week we'll be looking at hitting the gym, but not too hard. And I will give advice on how we can manage intensity so that you are preparing for pregnancy, preparing for treatment, but not doing anything too extreme. So lots of advice on that to follow. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate 
comment and really, really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. We just never know who's struggling and they may need just that little bit of extra help. For even more information or to join our fabulous community, check out my socials at fitness underscore fertility or all one word on Facebook, Fitness Fertility. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.